We are the mothers of many, Kiara Evans and Lorna Blanchard. As mothers of many children, we are curious about our parenting journeys. We were called to document this poignant time of mothering in our lives. We feel passionately that women's stories should be heard. So, today, suffering. Suffering. I'm so intrigued. I'm so intrigued when you texted me that the other day and said, let's do suffering. I was like, oh, oh. So, tell me, what were you thinking, love? (laughs) (laughs) I just thought, like, January is not where lots of people feel the pinch of feeling a bit low anyway. So, let's just talk about suffering. Let's go there. (laughs) No, I've Love been it. what like the, why it came up for me is a few things. One is because I've had a lot of conversations recently around being a martyr and like understanding what that means because I'm still not 100% clear in my own mind what that means to me. Um, and then also I was watching this sitcom called Mum on BBC and it's the central character is a mum and just watching her the dynamic between her and like everyone around her and wondering how much of her suffering I do in my role in my house so like you can go from like the emotional suffering of bearing everyone's emotional load to the physical suffering of picking up after everybody you know there's many many different parts to it of what I've watched and I just thought do you do I where do I suffer in my role as a mother and where do I recognize that I'm suffering and where do I try and change it when I'm suffering but also where am I ignoring the parts where I'm suffering Mm. and that's really tell me what is your can you describe suffering like, what is suffering for you? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Hmm. I think it's a thing. Okay. So you can view it as a good thing or a bad thing, I suppose, depending on what perspective you have. Probably today, on day 25 of my cycle, I would say it's a really annoying thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. if you ask me, like, on day, I don't know, 10 or... 12 of my sci-fi I'd say oh we can all learn something from our suffering (laughs) (laughs) oh I love it and I think both things are true I do think both things are true and it's about perspective of it so suffering to me is when I am doing something in resistance to it doing something so the the doing of it and then you feel you don't really want to be doing it yes because it feels wrong to me in my body Mm -hmm. so I don't know just trying to think I had a we had quite a big morning of suffering my own this morning bought on by me (laughs) (laughs) because it because the thing is about the suffering 
is that it, I feel like it should be the responsibility of each person to be um, ownership, have ownership over their own suffering. So when I was suffering this morning, although my children were, I guess, catalysts to the suffering, they did not cause it because I allowed the suffering in. So on a different morning, I may not have felt suffering in this very situation, but this morning I very much felt like I was suffering. So, you know, it's just like the normal stuff of people not wanting to get dressed and not wanting to do the things and then watching the TV and not wanting to turn the TV off. And, you know, just everyone being late and there being lots of like then resistance, everyone having resistance to the situation. And then it escalated and escalated and escalated. And in the end, ended up with a lot of shouting, mine. And a lot of crying theirs and you know like that situation was all about suffering so yeah that's just one I guess micro example of it and then there's the wider suffering of the role of like do you how do you feel about your role as a mother and do you enjoy any of it and which bits mm. do you enjoy <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what came up for me when I was having a really good think about it was suffering for me felt linked to success of you must suffer to be successful. Suffering and holiness and even when you said martyr, obviously the martyrs of the church are you know considered like the most holy of holy people those that gave up everything for a bigger cause and how in I'm not I'm not saying that I'm like a you know a holy person but you know when when you think of motherhood it's like I mean how much of motherhood is freaking awful I don't want to change shitty nappies I don't want to wipe shitty bums Pregnancy is horrible. Birth is horrible. Breastfeeding is horrible. A lack of sleep is horrible. Like, why do we do this? And then I was reading, I was reading my book yesterday after we'd spoken about kind of what we wanted to talk about. And uh, it was basically kind of saying, that's love, that, that we have these children who are born completely useless. And it, it requires, evolution has meant that we have to look after these children or they will die. And that's love. Like love is an evolutionary thing where we've gone from organisms that, you know, became whatever, you know, cellular organisms that developed and then you've got small life forms that give birth or whatever you know have these offspring that are able to just get on with life to us where we've got children who can't and so you needed something else to mean that these children would survive and that's love and it and I think the phrase he used was it requires highly skilled caregivers and I was like okay oh no not highly skilled highly motivated caregivers and I was like, that's it. You've, you've got to be really freaking highly motivated to get through those dark days, many days. Your morning today, like, you still carried on. And then I was talking to CJ about it. I was like, come on, RE teacher, give me the, what's the viewpoint on suffering? 
And he was like, it's, there's a difference between suffering and pain when there is purpose. So the purpose of enduring, I'm using air quotes, enduring suffering in regards to parenting is that there's a higher purpose. And I felt really, that really hit the spot for me because I thought the days where I lose sight of the higher purpose of what parenting is and bringing children up and blah, 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 is when it just feels painful. Mm. That all sounds very self-righteous, doesn't it? And very like, ooh, la-di-da, I can suffer. Because actually just really the, the bottom line is I find a lot of parenting is the fucking pits. But yeah, that was where I got to. That's really like, okay, so that is interesting. The suffering is, has purpose and pain doesn't. I think that's Mm. about perspective too, because I've been thinking about my own physical pain, like a pain Mm. in my body, Mm -hmm. which I would say was also suffering because it hurts. But I would say that like, that pain does have a purpose to show me something about how my body's working. So yeah. it's all pain and suffering. Let's just lump them together yeah. for a second. Do they yeah. all, can they all have a purpose rather than it being the resistance to the pain and suffering? I, and I think that's, that's the difference, isn't it? It's the resistance. It's like not necessarily the suffering, that's the thing but the res- I don't is it the resistance to suffering I'm not sure I guess it then depends on what what you're talking about yeah because I okay so for example when this morning the suffering was mine because I was resisting how everyone was behaving in the house including myself so I forgot that I have PMS so I forgot that or I just chose not to see that part of it I couldn't be bothered with the reaction of people every time I asked them to do something and the huge emotions that that then you know created or that I then asked them and they didn't do it and instead of taking like the higher view of it and thinking oh it's Monday morning we had a really good weekend they probably don't want to go back to school and sort of relieving some of the suffering I just kept going down the suffering track because then they didn't do it so I got more angry and then they still didn't do it and then I got more angry and it was like instead of removing myself from the situation and trying to see how everyone was actually feeling and coming up with a peaceful solution which would have removed all suffering maybe not theirs but mine for definite like they probably like the not wanting to go this morning eventually would have diminished a little bit by the time they got to school as it always does but it you know, if we think about our own suffering rather than other people's, it would have definitely removed my suffering if I could have just acknowledged that it was there in the first place. Mm. But I think that's really important about the purpose and that the love as an evolution part, because can I just always believe that you cannot have one thing if you don't have the opposite of it mm-hmm. so if you don't have joy if you don't have pain how can you have joy or whatever the opposite of it is you know if you can't what's the opposite of suffering ease peacefulness yeah light lightness I don't know 
whatever the opposite of something is if you can't for me being a human being is so much about those two things running at the same time but opposite ends of each other so you can choose to go towards the suffering or you can choose to go towards the lightness and the peace but what is it that keeps especially mothers I think I don't I I feel that this is a general theme what keeps us more erring towards the side of the suffering than the other side yeah I think I would identify as addicted to suffering and I think I I think part of that is with the whole um seeing success in my suffering as in this morning I was self-congratulating that by you know whatever half past six I had done so many things and I'm like oh aren't I amazing bustling around and yet and yet there's like a little kind of bit of um victim in there like I've got up early to do all these things for all these other people and then I need to almost suffer to prove that I'm a good mum. I need some kind of accolade, some kind of suffering gold star that goes, yeah, you gave up on your sleep. You gave up on eating your breakfast when you were really hungry to make everyone else's breakfast. You know, like that kind of thing. What, what's that about? Is that about my own inner wounds is that yeah probably is that about my upbringing probably is that about the fact that society doesn't value motherhood family life I don't know I think like for me it's maybe a combination of all of that but Mm -hmm. the central piece being that it's shameful in our society currently the one we live in right now to feel fulfilled and nourished and thriving and all of those delicious things as a mother yeah I so I sorry yeah no go on go on I just I'm thinking about these um some of these Instagram reels that keep popping up that have been triggering me and there's a oh. couple of themes. That's good. Like triggers are good, right? Let's, I hate the word trigger. We've already talked about that. But like, okay, so when something comes up in me where I'm like, oh, that's yucky. I'm like, why is that? So I've been thinking about it. And so, so there's a couple of different ones. So one of them, the current theme on my reels, because it depends on your, what are these things called? Algorithms? Is that it? Right. Yeah, so whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever Instagram seems to think I'm into, it gives me a load of stuff. And one of the themes is this whole being joyful in the mundane so there's lots of these women they usually live in these like country cottage type houses looking like a farm place or like a homesteader kind of vibe and they're making like cheese or they're I don't know (laughs) they've got a child sitting on the counter with (laughs) they're making cheese right they're doing something wholesome and I don't I, oh my I god I love that that's this. like the thing the wholesome thing is make some fucking cheese yeah cool yeah 
Do you know, they're not going to Asda in the video. They're not going to Asda. They're not going to any other supermarkets that we are not sponsored by Asda. Um, so they, yeah, they're not going to a supermarket to buy their cheese. They are, um, they have a child on the counter next to them and they are making something wholesome, maybe some sourdough bread, whatever. And they're all about the take it slow today. Like you don't have to be anywhere. You don't have to do anything. Look at me making my bread with my child on the counter. Okay. Like the resistance in me is because as the person I am, half of me wants to do that. The other half of me does not want to do that. There is a lot of like contradiction. (laughs) in my Mm. in my body to do with that reel and then I want my kitchen to look like that kitchen but I know that I don't I can't and I don't and I that's not the case so there's this thing there's all these things happening where I'm like why did I even watch that because I was fine before I saw this woman making a freaking sourdough with her child on the counter and yeah that and okay so that's one type of reel Um, And then there's like these other things coming up where I think it's just about this central messaging of succumbing to the role of mother, like just Mm -hmm. being in it and not, not like judging it, questioning it, whatever, and letting go of all the other stuff that you may want to do. But I mean, I'm just not that. I'm not that person. I am a mother mm. of four children, but I am also Lorna Blanchard with like a million things I want to do. And so to say, just give into it, that role, like just be this like selfless, should we say that? Like all giving person without any, I guess, like um, honoring to what else is going on for you doesn't, it for me yeah and I feel like that's that's such a tricky thing I know we've talked about a little bit before but that trying to juggle that suffering almost of giving of yourself to your children and it doesn't really matter how many children you've got but it's kind of all-encompassing versus dealing with what you want to do because frankly I don't want to go and do half the stuff I have to do I don't want to do the school run it's 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 cold I don't want to go and so that's really I think that's really really difficult and I think the other thing about these Instagram reels is what gets to me and I have to really work hard to remember this is that everybody puts this stuff out here like it's prescriptive like this is the way to do this. This is, I've found happiness and the way to have happiness is to dot, 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 make cheese and sourdough whilst your kid sits on the counter. And you sent me one a couple of weeks ago and it was of, wasn't it of kittens? There was a bunch of kittens and some kids having a magical, perfect childhood because their mother had given them kittens to play with. And you, and you were like, this is really triggering me. I don't have pets or whatever it was. And I replied with the reality of that reel is, or certainly would have been the reality if it was my house, was 
Um, one of those children cried afterwards because the kitten scratched them. Another kitten died because it got trodden on. And there's another kid having an anaphylactic shock in the house because it's fucking allergic to kittens. And actually, those kittens weren't even those families in the first place. They borrowed them from someone else. Like, you know, it's all... I just look at these things and go, this isn't real. I don't believe anybody. I feel like so much of social media and the portrayal of motherhood is a lie. Mm. I, I really feel like it is. And that's really then difficult when these people are going, but this is the way to do it. And you go, it's bullshit. I want to see behind the curtain. I don't believe anybody. And part of me is quite drawn cynical. to them. No, like, I think cynical is good. Like, if we don't question things, then we take them as gospel and then you can, like, literally kill yourself trying to recreate those scenarios in your own existence and it not being achievable. That's but the thing. What do you think about, are you feeling, when you get triggered by some of this stuff, and I, I would, I'll own it and say some of the time I feel jealous of the nice house, the clean house, the children sat beautifully on the side and of the kittens like I look at those things and I feel lacking and a real desire to have that I almost on a materialistic way I would like a clean and big house and is jealousy a bad thing or is it a good thing I have heard so many times that jealousy is just something that you a marker of where you would like to strive to be rather than yeah. it being about the resentment of another person it's more about and, it's showing you where you would like to go with something uh-huh. and I think but I also have to there's, say there's peace isn't there in contentment of my house isn't going to be like that so then I will suffer less if I just go okay my house isn't like that maybe yeah. there'll be less resistance in my body to my current situation Maybe and that not. depends doesn't it when you're watching it where you're at when you're watching it because some days you can watch stuff or you can come across stuff and be like oh I'm content where, where I'm at right now and yeah that person has that but you know I might have that one day or I might not it's cool and then other days it can just really get you in the yeah gut <laughs> you you may not like they're living this life that's like that and there's no that's the thing about most information we're given from most sources is that there is no nuance to it or context and Mm. it's this like this is what it should be like or shouldn't be like and therefore there then I think I just I have this thing of I feel like the generation before us maybe the suffering wasn't so close to home like I don't remember my mum suffering in her role I don't mean like there was plenty of suffering in that generation but I just mean in the role of mother because she I guess there was less information out there of how to do it yeah I was just thinking that like so much of almost what it feels like you're describing what we're talking about is almost competition amongst women trying to show that they've got it right and it feels very like base level of survival like my my tribe my little family are gonna survive survival of the fittest and if I should and at the moment survival of the fittest isn't you know 
hunting the biggest whatever animal or getting the most amount of food or killing the neighboring group or whatever it is it's about showing off on social media and going I'm going to survive because my house is bigger than yours or my house is cleaner than yours or I've got more money than you and I'm the right way of doing it and that makes me feel a bit sad that we're still so like in competition yeah. and it just feels like that's kind of like stirred up by the way society is at the moment of everyone's feeling like their survival is under attack because of the constant bad news the constant money worries the constant evil being told to us in the world all the time we do feel like we're under attack or I certainly do yeah I don't feel like the people necessarily making these videos or selling to want of a better word their style of parenting mothering to the masses I don't think they're probably suffering any less behind no. the scenes you know because <laughs> wherever you are on the I don't know let's talk about the wealth scale wherever you are on the wealth scale I guess there's always the chance that it'll be taken away yeah. like wherever you are um wherever you are on the you know the mothering of young kids scale there's you're still under the same restrictions of health you know of them yeah. or you or you know like everyone is still having very human conditions of life just on a different scale and I think you're right that there's this constant narrative of I know how to do this better if you sign up with me I will show you how to be free of your suffering if you follow this technique or whatever yeah that's and that's the bit of social media that really triggers me the constant being sold to I, I cannot that that bothers me way more than almost anything else I just feel exhausted by the I'm selling you the solution to whatever ails you um and yeah, I think mothers are in. targeted I feel targeted for sure more. like I don't feel like Gary gets as targeted in his role as a father I just I, there isn't you know I just haven't he he gets sent videos about like new barbecues you should buy yeah I know CJ and I joke like his targeted ads are fun I'm like I don't get targeted ads like that my targeted ads are terrible in fact the today's targeted ads have been about um women mothers um, and debt I was like where the fuck's that come from like oh what joy um yeah wow although when you were saying about your mum I would say my mum very much suffered and was very open in her suffering uh, like I remember you know she was she was really a martyr but not in a holy way um and she she made us suffer because of her martyrdom and it was pointed out to us her suffering and a lot of my guilt and shame for my very existence comes from her pointing out her suffering because of me. For example, um, I remember being completely destroyed once by the fact that she told me that she had eaten, you know, baked beans or whatever, you know, something, it was like baked beans on toast for two weeks or something to be able to afford my birthday party, which I then threw a temper tantrum at in the way that five-year-olds throw temper tantrums at the end of birthday parties because they're completely dysregulated and overwhelmed. 
And I remember her telling me that and just thinking, oh, wow. So I've made you suffer and you didn't want to suffer. And now you're throwing that back in my face. And I didn't ask you to do that. Or, you know, it probably did as a five-year-old, but for fuck's sake, I was a five-year-old. Um, and I remember like one situation where she would, you know, like, I guess the majority of mothers do. I certainly do. She was responsible for the majority of the cleaning in the house. And it was a, by that point, um, her husband had made plenty of money and they had a big house. So the house was, I guess, required a lot of upkeep. And I remember she'd left, there was some rubbish at the bottom of the stairs and she left it and she refused to tidy it up. And then after, I don't remember how long it was. I can't, I can't imagine it was really that long, but it was, it was days or a week or something like that. She kind of blew her lid and said, I can't believe no one else has noticed this rubbish is here. I've left this. No one else has bothered to pick it up. And she just was so cross. And that was sort of her passive aggressive way of, pointing out that she was the only one doing all the things. Yeah, she very much lumped that suffering onto us and she in, endured it with, I don't know, fairly bad grace. I don't know, I guess we all just knew. <laughs> we knew that she was suffering. Which and is why... About it. And now you feel... I guess what you've taken away from that and your version of mothering is that it's normal to suffer. It's normal to suffer. And also that I don't want anyone else to suffer because of me. Ah, okay. Yeah. Because she made me feel so wretched for her suffering because of my existence my needs, whatever that was, that the idea of someone else needing to sacrifice because of me makes me feel unwell. Um, so I will do my very best. And that's, I think, where people pleasing comes in, right? And they're kind of, you know, bustling around the kitchen trying to do all the things for all the people first thing in the morning that are completely capable of doing all the things themselves. Mm. I'm like, yeah, but that's my way of showing love and that you don't have to suffer because of me. That yeah, if well, I suffer yeah. the most, then, then you don't have to. Yeah. I think I err more on the side of being like your mum. <laughs> <Where, laughs> <laughs> my God, you're nothing like her. <laughs> In it, but I think this is, this is where we learn and where we break cycles, right? So let's just take yeah, yeah. that as an example where now, okay, so I'm more probably more aware of your mum as to how my actions impact the small humans in my house mm -hmm. um, just you know the privilege of learning about it over the last few years or whatever and so what I try to do and what I did this morning <laughs> after I'd had my meltdown was you know I explained to them like I am really struggling like this is really inside of me I said to them I don't know if you've seen um, that film with the big red panda inside. What's it called? Turning Red. So there's a film called Turning Red that's a teenage girl and she has this big red panda inside of her that comes out and she's like struggling. And I was like, mommy's big red panda today is huge. It's like a giant panda and it just wants to like really hurt everybody and myself and like blah, blah, blah. Just try to always bring it back to it being about me and not about them. 
but that's not to say that I didn't cause them some suffering today because I absolutely did that I'm gonna have to repair later but it's that there the I guess the projection of that suffering is still coming out whether I am aware of it or not and sometimes I get frustrated by that like you know better and that's what the reels bring out right I know better I know mm. what kids need we all know that you know the the ideal situation is no emotional trauma of kids we all know that that's the ideal whether it's possible or not is a very different thing because all of our children are being raised by people who were not emotionally aware for the most part. So we're bringing our own stuff into our mothering that we've had from you know, since we were born. So there's all these ideals that we now kind of understand about the way children learn, about the way children eat. There's so much out there of this information of like what an ideal scenario is if you lived in this utopian existence and then these reels and this information and like these situations are coming up to show us what the ideals are without mm. you know taking yeah I'm, I'm I'm pulling a face because I just think they aren't to me they don't show an ideal they're just showing a falsehood but that's just because I'm really cynical and I just I guess maybe that's because I create reels and I'm like you know from obviously for my business and I'm like these are not you know they're not based in reality like I'm using a doll for example when I'm doing a sling demonstration it's not real it's just yeah and I think the stuff about not wanting to traumatize your kids is something that I've beaten myself up over a lot and I think the way you described what you said to your kids this morning is just so perfect. You know, there's no, there's no shame. Like, I think the difference is shaming, right? Like mm. you're not, you know, I felt shame from my mum, whereas your kids were just going, oh, fuck's sake, mum's cross again. There's a real yeah. difference in that I felt completely responsible for my mum's feelings. And your kids are just going, Ah, oh, we're all going to be angry and pissed off with each other. Like, there's a massive difference there. And the other thing that I thought was really helpful that I read um, the other day, and that was about this whole, the idea of, you know, trauma-proofing your children and can we guard against that? And something I read that's really been impactful was that humans are literally designed to go through the ups and downs of life. As in, we are, again, evolutionarily designed to survive and continue to thrive through massive amounts of pain and loss because death is inevitable. Death being like the ultimate loss. And that we aren't actually designed to be traumatized by this stuff. And that really was profound for me that it, it isn't inevitable that children are traumatized. And I feel like a lot of social media at the moment with this learning of neuroscience and how to treat our children and how to speak to each other and how we should reparent ourselves and how we should nourish our bodies and all the things, it almost sounds like the world is saying it is inevitable that trauma abounds. You're gonna and fuck that it feels up. Like a, yeah, that you're gonna <laughs> fuck it up. And then we have all of these people trying to prove that they're not fucking it up because they're making sourdough 
with the child right. bench whilst their eldest is milking the goat and churning some cheese. I don't even know how you make cheese. But do you know what I mean? And, and that's like held up as the, well, we're not fucking it up. And actually the bottom line is they're, they're screaming at their kids just as much as we are. The, the, the bit that causes the trauma from my, I don't know, very basic understanding is when these emotions aren't dealt with, right? Mm -hmm. When they're kind of stuck in the body. And if we can help our children to, the, the, the aim of life is not to avoid all suffering. The aim of life is mm. not to go, right, we're only going to have wonderful, happy things. And for me, and again, this was a real revelation reading this book that I'm reading at the moment. For me, um, it was discovering that trauma leaves someone feeling really resistant to any negative feelings because actually the fear of something going wrong becomes the, the, the that's the that's the worst thing in the world and so for me that fear of someone suffering because of me is worse than what my mum did like it's that fear and so then we're just trying to avoid all of these negative things at all costs and then I was like I think I'm actually trying to avoid all feelings at all costs and that's not helpful. That's where trauma is happening because we're then getting all these feelings stuck in our bodies. Whereas we're going to our kids, yay, feel all the feelings. I love you anyway. Mm. Okay. And then the, then the other beautiful thing that happens is that we have these really low moments of sadness, of loss or whatever. And then we rebound. Like that's the beauty of humanity is that we can actually rebound from that. And we have these massive high points and then we come back down to equilibrium and that's life like that's the good thing i think i mean i don't i'm not getting any of this right i'm just reading the books and going yeah this makes sense i'm like this shit um i'm not sure I'm very good at like implementing it but it makes sense to me that it's not as easy to fuck up your kids as social media is making out and it's also not as easy as just making some fucking sourdough for that to be the perfect life I'm just I'm Rant, absolutely <laughs> no I am loving the fact that yesterday when I said I texted you and I said I think we should talk about this you were like I don't think I really have anything to say on that I'm not really sure <laughs> I was like oh no oh, Kiara I really think you do I was like that's so fucking that's it though I feel like you're filling in some gaps for me where I was like where I you know this is always our friendship though I feel like you fill in these gaps so perfectly for me because we're like the yin and the yang sometimes of yeah. a, such, of a yeah, topic yeah, you yeah. know but I was um as you were talking I was just making notes because a few things have come up where I'm like oh let's go back there so when you were talking about shame um yeah. so for me the shame isn't the what your side of it was I can't remember exactly your example but like the shame for me comes up as I am not enjoying this role the way mm -hmm. that my mum did or her mum did. So for example, oh. like my grandmother absolutely adores small children, like all of it. She loves playing. She loves, um, even now she wants the toddlers around her. She's like lost quite a lot of her memory, but she wants the toddlers around her because that's the stage of mothering that she absolutely adored. She had four children too. And she just really loved the play and the being with young kids and whatever and my mum also loves playing like and doing things one-on-one -on -one intensely with a child to really teach them something in great depth okay so we're all bringing our various different skills and every single mother brings something 
to their child to enhance their life, right? Like we, it's every person, every mother, every woman has a different skill set or a different essence or whatever it is that you're bringing to your mothering journey. And like, so mine is a very different thing than my ancestry of those two generations. And so coming to terms with the fact that I'm not that kind of mother and I'm this kind of mother brings up some shame quite a lot of the time of that resistance to things that I know sometimes the kids could really benefit from. So I try and outsource as much of that as possible to my mum or any other, any other woman that will do it with them or man. Um, but, you know, there has to be a limit. And we always come back to this. I mean, there's a limit to what one person can provide, a limit to what one person, and in this case, the mother is able to do in a set amount of time. And especially when there's four of them, you you can't work one-on-one with the kid because three other kids want to join in. Like it's just not possible for the most part. And so for me, the shame shows up as that, should I enjoy this element of the mothering more? Mm. And that was like something I've been pondering on actually the last two weeks. That's been quite a theme and which bits do I enjoy? Because obviously as much as you said at the beginning that breastfeeding and all that is shit. Yes, it, it's hard, but you did it four times. So it can't have been that bad. <laughs> no, it was <laughs> fucking awful every single time. But my my own issues, I will, yeah, prevented me from giving up. Yeah. Something calls us back into doing it again, right? Because yeah, otherwise lo- you love wouldn't. Must be love. Is it not? Could, could that be the catch-all that actually... It is love. I really want to sing now. Must be love, love, love. Oh. <laughs> no, it must be like, is it love? Is it, yes, um, the evolution of wanting to, but like not every woman wants to carry on having child after child after child, but they still have oodles of love, right? So like, what is it that, what is it about the role that we enjoyed so much that we went back four times for it? And would you have gone again if your situation was different? Because I feel like if I was born in a different time and Gary was up for it, I probably would have kept going, especially if I'd started younger. I don't think I would have had like endless children, but I think there was something about being pregnant and birthing a child that just felt like innately um, like a calling. Yeah. I don't, yeah, no, I I definitely wouldn't have had any more. I'm I feel very broken by Anna um and I think hindsight probably seeing how hard it was makes me not want to and and also kind of coming through the other side makes me want to be grateful for the fact that there's no more baby stage that's really brutal um well it was for me I'll own that for me I I don't know I think about this often and think how much and gosh I don't I mean I just said is it all love but actually I wonder how much of my decision to have lots of children was partly driven because I love kids and I wanted to have lots of kids and partly driven by the fact that I felt the need to prove that I was some kind of success suffer through this you know be successful through this suffering again of I I don't feel good enough as a human being in and of myself 
And if I have enough children and hold it all together, I can prove that I'm something. I'm I'm good at something, at least making, I don't know. I'm, I do think that sometimes, like, what was I thinking? Because four children is a lot of children and having them so close together wasn't really a great idea. It was a massive toll. So I was speaking to someone, I was speaking to my auntie the other day and she said to me, oh, you know, we look at you and we just think, you're doing so well, you're holding it all together. And I was like, <laughs> like, I'm really not, I really don't feel like I am. Or like there's lots of kind of wonky coping strategies. What was it? Yeah. Isn't that so, I, I think that's really important though, that the marker of success from the outside is you holding it together you oh for sure yeah yeah, so yeah. it's no wonder that as a mother we feel so much suffering is because everyone not just your auntie like that she's one person that says one thing I'm talking about like the general consensus of all of humanity yeah. mm -hmm. looks in in our society I don't know if it's the same across the world because I don't know much about other cultures or societies but in our current situation everyone looks in and they say you're doing a great job mum because you are holding it together you yeah you are you are managing all of the suffering that is required yep. to, to continue hold your family. the functioning of your family right so when we are out as a six doesn't happen that often but when we are all walking around together say in town this happened to me yesterday I'm in town and I um I think I just I said turn around to a couple behind me and said oh you can go ahead of us if you want because we're a bit slow and the guy was like oh no it's okay we're fine I see you've got four daughters like um that's a lot and I was like yeah and he was like it's your old man I feel sorry for and this happens all the time and I'm like, obviously, I didn't turn around to that man and tell him my full thoughts because we didn't have time. We were on a road. If we'd been in a field, I may have done. But I was like, what makes you look into my scenario in a snapshot moment and think it's me that is the holder together of my family and that someone else is suffering because of me yeah. and my children? Isn't that like, messed up I, I mean I feel really like wound up by that really yeah. just um I get I it a lot I, I think I partly feel wound up because I hold a little bit of guilt about that that it was me deciding that we should have more children more children more children and that I know <laughs> I mean CJ loves all of our children but that I often fear that he's suffering too much because of my decisions. I definitely have felt that too. And it was the same situation here. I, mm. I, am the, I was the driver for having the children, not the first couple, but every, you know, after that, I drove the decision and same, like Gary wouldn't send any of them back. Like, it's not a case of that. It's more a case of we had this, calling is the only word I can think of because I just don't think you have that many kids unless you really really want to like unless it's like an absolute accident and you know whatever but like it it happened and those souls came into this world the contracts were made and they're all here so like 
they are supposed to be here and we're supposed to be in this moment discussing that very thing so I wonder if part of our role here in this podcast and in other things is to highlight the fact that although biologically we wanted to create these beings and we love them with our absolute depths of our souls it involves suffering Mm. in the role of in this role of mother and society is really adding to it (laughs) and society's adding to it at the same time as saying you mustn't suffer and at the same time as saying don't you dare point out that you're suffering yeah or you almost have to it's like one or the other either never suffer at all or you must almost make a business of suffering. And I've said to you as well that often I find it very difficult because on social media, when I write and it resonates with lots of people, it's often about the really dark places of parenthood. And mm-hmm. when I can be inspired by probably what's directly happening that day, it flows and it's useful for me, really cathartic. There are other times when I feel like I'm treating my suffering as a commodity. And I'm racking my brain, you know, on a good day almost, I'm racking my brain mm. trying to think of something really miserable to talk about, about parenting, to try and get the reach on my social media. And you've almost got to like really get into the suffering. And that's fucked up. Like, it's just, it's so bonkers. And yeah then you become like oh I certainly I'm trying almost like let's strive for let's dig up the suffering again let's let's go there again and and oh I don't know because you feel some shame towards the days when it's light and peaceful and you've got your shit together and I feel shame towards the days when it's dark and dank and the shit's like right down there with the you know the things I don't want to do like mm. that's the thing isn't it whatever our past experiences are we probably feel more comfortable going down sharing like when we're sharing along the route of the great times versus the not so great times yeah yeah and suffering and it just, looks different for everyone doesn't it yeah for sure And I think what, you know, to take it back to the beginning of the conversation, when you were talking about resistance to the suffering, I feel like that's, that's when it's really difficult for me when, you know, the, the, whatever it is, the misery, you know, even like the conversation we had last week about nighttime parenting and, and all of that kind of stuff. I don't want, I honestly never, ever really want to sit next to a child whilst they go to sleep. It's boring as hell. I don't want to do it. I've got plenty of other things to do. And so the action is going to be fairly miserable, whether or not I w- do it with good grace or not. It's just that resistance um, to it that almost compounds the suffering that makes it feel really negative in my body and in my mind, as opposed to an easeful suffering. And I think that's it. It's like that fighting against the suffering is is almost the, the bit that's the problem for me. Um, mm. I think that's the bit that's the problem for everyone. Yeah, because I think if you acknowledge that the suffering is there and what it is before you can even come up with a solution to relieve it, you have to acknowledge it's there and understand that, you know, it's not shameful to be feeling frustrated because you have to sit with your kid for half an hour. It's really fucking boring. Yeah. And I think I spent a lot of time certainly and I realized this recently, I spent a lot of time almost tripping over myself in my own head, trying to justify or 
explain why I'm a I why I'm not a terrible human being or why actually there's not really any suffering in the world at all and it's only been quite recently where I've gone oh no there actually is and I think again it's this social media portrayal of shiny happy people getting it all right um actually no humans are still fucking things up and are still being horrible to each other and and so there is going to be suffering yeah and, and, there, yeah. and yeah the yang to that is so within that though we can either keep subscribing to it mm-hmm. or we can say yes there is this suffering and sometimes I'm feeling it too so therefore I'm going to make the most of it when I'm not in suffering and where yeah. am I going to experience joy and peacefulness and lightness today even if it's just for like a minute or am I going to just keep going keep feeding that like because you can feed it is a choice right we all have a choice I think so I do think so and I think it's like it's like the mindset that you go into it right like you know I went for a long run this morning and there was a point at which my foot was hurting at the beginning of the run and then at about it was a, I think it was about 18 kilometers in I was like oh nothing hurts anymore I feel magical and like I'm floating through this and it's like you kind of get past that point of suffering but yeah it's like how you approach this whatever you're doing because and of perseverance see- was that perseverance in that case that got you past the suffering or what was it know, resilience just, just the energy gel <laughs> I don't know blind face <laughs> um, <laughs> I was almost done. I don't, I don't know. Uh, delusion at some point, you know. I d- yeah, it's, it's so. Well, maybe so like, I think maybe it's what you're saying about the goal. Like we were talking yeah. about that before we recorded, but your goal is that you wanted to complete that run, whatever length mm-hmm. it was. And at some point along that run, it got really freaking hard. But you were like, well, it is hard. Yeah. And my foot hurts, but I'm still going to do it because I want to get to the end goal. And like, that's what sustains mothers, right? That end goal of, I want to do what I can for these kids. So I'm just yeah. going to persevere, whether yeah. it's hard or not. But like, I think my point is that we all want to persevere and we want to do what we can for our kids. But I think for me, if I can notice where I'm still suffering and why, then that's going to make my journey along it more happy. <laughs> Not and even I happy. To, I can't think of a good word. Yeah, I think there's like so many different streams. It's like looking at suffering and going, how can I maybe change this? It's looking at suffering and going, I know that this part of whatever it is I'm doing is going to end and I'm going to survive you know, Mm -hmm. this horrific nappy change or this horrific night or today, this, you know, 18 kilometers in, I'm going to survive to the end of this run. I think like that's it as well. It's, it's having faith that it will change. And I think sometimes for me, it's when I just feel like I'm staring into the abyss of doom and I can't remember that it's going to change. That's Mm -hmm. when I'm really struggling. Um, I, and and really resistant then to everything that's bad because I'm like, I'm never going to be okay again. Whereas actually just to remember there's an ebb and flow to life and we are designed to cope with these things is helpful. Yeah. Like I, so 
what I'm going to do later because I promised the kids I would with them is like getting out the door by 8 30 is really proving an issue at the moment like it's really hard for us and everyone's situation is different but I'm really struggling to get out the door by 8 30 and it's like there's so many things within that that can relieve the suffering of the situation like communication with the school about it so that they're not expecting that we're on time every single day and then I don't have the guilt about us not being on time every day the kids understanding their roles in it them having like a tick sheet to know what they have to do in the morning before they're allowed to go on a screen blah 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 like all these things we can implement but it's you know that's my load so I'm gonna have to get myself in a place to put aside the suffering of it and say that this is the situation we like if if they go to school they have to be out the house by 8 30 so we're gonna have to either continue along the realms of what this morning was or find a way to make it better and recognize that whatever you put in now might need to change and that that these things aren't all mm. i just think everything is this everything is presented as so linear that you yeah. need to come up with a solution and then your children will never ever be late to school again and you will never have a hard time ever 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 again yeah and that's where i've fallen down so many times with all of this you know healing journey that it it's presented as linear once you have re- achieved your children sitting on the side making sourdough you are perfection and that's not real life like it, it isn't like that we don't get to this point of you've achieved it all because you came up with the tip perfect tick sheet um and and now therefore there will never be any struggles ever again that's not life um it just isn't (laughs) i feel like this needs to be a two-parter because i still have loads i know it's been super long hasn't it yeah i think we should um interesting conversation Yeah, I think we should do it as a two-parter. But what I would like is, because I don't know if other people listening would um, not understand this as well. What is a holy martyr, please? So a martyr is someone who has been put to death for their faith. Okay. Right. So Jesus is a holy martyr. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then you've got like, yeah, no, no. Yeah, totally. I guess (laughs) I never considered Jesus as a martyr, but yeah. And um, but then you've got like uh, I remember. Isn't he the ultimate holy martyr? Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm never going to get a job as a school chaplain again. Am I? I so um, love the fact that I got that before you, and I and that's your job. That made me happy today. Thank you. That's so funny. Yeah, so, but there's lots. There's lots of like examples of that um, yeah. in the early early church. But then you've got like modern day martyrs, and I always think of um when when I was at spec when we were at the retreat center we always did a recession on martyrs and it was there was I don't know if you remember it was the school in America Columbine where there was the shooting yep and there was a movie made like a documentary movie called she said yes and it was about a girl called Cassie who was shot and killed and she was asked by the gunman are you a Christian and she said yes and so she's a, you know, a modern day martyr, you would say, because she was killed for her faith. I mean, she was killed because they were on a rampage, I guess. But specifically, she was asked the question. Um, yeah. Fascinating. OK, I think we still have a lot more to say on this. So is this part one? <laughs> this can be the end of part one. Let's go suffer some more this week and see what comes up. <laughs> oh, Kiara, I don't want that to be my homework. Let's. <laughs> this week 
let's notice <laughs> let's notice where suffering is showing up for us this week do you know what this the podcast I was listening to whilst I was on my long run today was with Alex Honnold and he I was saying to you earlier on he's like a crazy rock climbing guy and he's recently just run an ultra marathon so 50 I don't know if it was 50 or 50 miles anyway it was a ridiculous run um and he was just like that's what I want my life to be I want my life to be doing a really hard thing where people give you snacks every hour um you get to chat to nice people and you go through a bit of pain and I was like that sounds great a little bit of pain in life but you can process it and there's some good snacks and some nice people and then my reflection on the end of the podcast was I was like this is where endurance endurance athletes are um people that are just a bit mentally fucked up <laughs> they're just like yeah pain let's have some more let's run through it or maybe they just recognize the value in pain and suffering and turn yeah, so it into something yeah and there's the people hosting the podcast talk about um fatigue resistance which i often think about motherhood but yes like there is an actual, you know, you can look at someone's body. So I don't know what test they do for fatigue resistance, but, you know, endurance athletes have it. They can push through tiredness and not get, you know, they're not bonking in a race. That's what motherhood is. I am fucking fatigue resistant. And that makes me badass. And I feel like that's a really nice place to kind of conclude in terms of part one of like, like talking about suffering. That actually the fact that you can push through and do this stuff for your kids out of some kind of evolutionary love somewhere in the depths of your soul because you do not have to love changing a shitty nappy is fucking badass like fatigue resistant mothers are and should be allowed to run the world because wow yeah (laughs) not all doom and gloom no that's good I think that's the end of that one yeah I think um, I definitely think we should um, do part in this week's episode we talked a fair bit about suffering and I mentioned breastfeeding Um, breastfeeding is not something I found easy I breastfed all four children with much stress and much pain and yeah it just never really came easy for me um latch was always very difficult there was always a huge amount of pain for a long period of time I had mastitis multiple times with each children yeah it was just a fairly horrific experience now I know that not everyone has such a bad experience but if you do or if you know someone that does I just for this week's little business shout out I wanted to talk to you about Kerry Bassel, who is an IBCLC, so International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. She is, that means she's qualified to help people with breastfeeding. She is incredible. She came to my house when Anna was just a few days old and I was sat in a scummy t-shirt of CJ's just weeping on the sofa because I was in such a mess with breastfeeding for the fourth time and honestly just felt like a bit of a failure actually because it was still so freaking hard and Kerry helped enormously she 
really is someone who has such wisdom and such perception and just really hears mothers when they need help and is able to do that. So if you are or if you know somebody who is in need of breastfeeding help and you are in the Chelmsford, Whittam, Essex area or actually London or even beyond please 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 remember Kerry um yeah just google her or I can try and remember to stick her information in the notes in the show podcast thingy but she is amazing seriously amazing